Martin. We're welcoming Kennedy Warren. Good morning. Morning, uh, Catherine. Now, an update. You've been following meticulously and sharing with us Tom Robinson's journey, the Trans-Pacific rower. And goodness, it took quite a turn. And thank goodness, um, a rescue for yes. him. Uh, so let's begin with just where where things got to, um, and 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 what the sort of the the final chapter of this endeavour was, anyway. Yeah, um, October the fifth. Uh, it's Tom's fourth day at sea after departing Va- Vanuatu. Um, he has less than two months to row to reach his home in Brisbane. He had left so long ago, 1st of July, from Peru. So he's come all the way across the, Tas- uh, the, the Pacific. And um, this is the last uh, leg. October the 5th, he writes um, a, all, that all day he had been rowing comfortably. His seven-metre rowboat Maywa, an Aboriginal name, uh, was making her way westward at a good rate of knots. And he had stayed dry while rowing in 20 to 25 knot southeast winds, which are pretty standard for the uh, the Pacific trade winds that are, are blowing much of the time. Um, at, at 4 p.m. he decides to, uh, as he, in his phrase, hang up the oars for the day uh, and retired to his cabin to do a bit of navigation and prepare his evening meal. He writes, I contemplated closing the hatch but decided against it as the conditions were relatively benign. Well, that turned out to be a fateful misjudgment. But I think to myself, this is a guy who's withstood everything that the sea could throw at him for all those months. And it's relatively benign. He stayed dry all day. He looks out of the the cabin and thinks, no, no, all good. I'll stay a little cooler by leaving the cockpit open. I was sitting on my bunk, looking out the hatch, and then in a split second, my whole world was turned upside down. My view turned from blue sky to blue water. There was a huge crashing sound, and Maywa was capsized like a bath toy. I looked around me in complete shock, identified the open hatch, swam through it, and made my way under the boat and came up to the surface, gasping for breath as I grabbed onto the gunwale of an upturned Maywa. Now, it was getting on for dark, and, of course, the first thing he contemplated was to try to get the boat back upright. Um, He attached a rope to one uh, rollock, put it over the uh, upturned hull, stood up on it, leaned out, like stacking out on a yacht with all his weight. But a boat full, seven-metre boat full of water, uh, just too heavy for him to uh, turn, and it was getting on for dark. So he thinks to himself, well, in the morning I can move a few stores around, try to change the balance of the boat. But first he had to get through a long night shivering. Um, now, there is a picture on the website which will show a completely um, naked <laughs> Tom Robinson. He rows without clothes because when you're rowing, chafing, the salt water the cl- on any clothing is just um, an invitation to, well, I, I, um, all kinds of um, skin problems. So he had chosen to row without any clothes, but that meant shivering through a very long night, 14 hours, clinging to the bottom of the boat in pretty lumpy seas. Now, he has an EPIRB, uh, one of the, those... Um, uh, relief uh, rescue beacons um, strapped to his uh, um, his wrist. So even even if he's separated from the boat, he knows that um, he will be able to be located. But of course, he has no idea when, where, how the you know he assumes that the the internet um, the maritime rescue centre will have received the. Um, uh, 
um, the identification, well, the, uh, the messages from the EPIRB. But uh, he doesn't know. So anyway, uh, dawn comes, and an hour after dawn, he looks out and sees what must be the happiest sight for anyone in that situation, the silhouette of a boat approaching. Indeed, a cruise ship had been notified by the authorities and had diverted um, uh, to pick him up. Well, so much for um, the rescue. He's now back home in Brisbane. And the interesting thing, and he's, he writes very beautifully on his um, um, blog, and people can uh, just look up Tom Robinson Boats to, to read this for themselves. But um, I was, uh, you know, like any, any of us who've been following Tom's journey, the immediate re reaction you have is one of sympathy for having come so far and not um, got the, the full distance. But he writes beautifully about adventure and the reasons for it. And I'd like to just share that bit with you, uh, Catherine. I went out into the Pacific chasing adventure, proper old-fashioned seat-of-the-pants adventure. I went out into the Pacific to test myself, to challenge myself to come face-to-face -face with the raw elements of man and nature, to learn what I could endure, how strong I was, where the limits lay. I went out into the Pacific to explore, to taste a different way of life, to live purposefully. I, I hear echoes of Thoreau in there, to live purposefully, traditionally, and above all, happily. Well, Tom found those things, and, and uh, he found that adventure. And so he writes to his supporters, Do not lament for what might have been, for what went wrong, and for what was expected. Please Rejoice with me. So I thought this is a this is a terrific young man who's um, may not have accomplished everything he sought, set out to, but has surely accomplished everything he needed to. Um, so a great example, and uh, um, and and it's been a great journey. Thanks, Tom. Yes, and thank goodness uh, for that uh, rescue uh, too. Yeah. All right. Now uh, the Hauraki Gulf. You have been yes. visiting some estuaries there. I have. Last week, at the invitation of an old friend, Egg Ch uh, Chignall, former CEO of Predator Free 2050 Limited, a former charter boat operator, a businessman who has lived on, around and under the Hauraki Gulf for most of his life, has been very interested in the uh, recently released proposals to revitalise the Gulf with a set of marine protection um, uh, proposals. Well, one of them in, uh, is seafloor protection. Um, the, the, there's a, a great desire to eliminate industrial bottom trawling and dredging in the Gulf. And then additionally, there are 12 designated, well, these are proposals, and not, none of them have come to pass, but 12 high protection areas. Now, one of them extends just south of um, Kawo Island, and Ed would like to see that one extended a little further south to include two estuaries. Uh, the estuaries are Timuri, the mouths of the Timuri, and Puhoi River. Uh, some people will know the Puhoi River estuary uh, adjoining uh, a very popular park window home. Now, at the moment, there are no estuaries included in the designated or proposed protected areas, and Ed thinks that's uh, a, a significant omission. Um, estuaries are a vital habitat. Now, this is sort of date, uh, I, I, this takes me straight back to my love of mangroves, mangroves, seagrass areas, sea, sea marshes. They're all terrific for 
carbon storage, for habitat, for many um, larval, uh, um, the larvae of many fish and shark species and rays, uh, filter systems, trapping sediment from the land, buffers from the surging sea. And the belief is, and, I, and this is very sound, I think, now we all know about um, ki uta ki tai, that protection has to extend from the mountains to the sea in, in a seamless um, fabric. And estuaries need to be part of the ecological mix to achieve that. Now, Ed thinks that given that these two estuaries are in fact surrounded by regional parks, the land is already protected, let's protect the sea as well. Now, I hadn't been to Taimuri before, and I found it a wonderful place. There's a, uh, there's, a, there's a cemetery there with graves dating from the 1900s, a vast pahutakawa which was once used for tying up waka. And I stood in front of this huge tree and could picture the arrival of waka threading through the limbs that, that extend so far out from the trunk of that tree and tying up. Some of those limbs um, dip down, buried in the sand, and then rise up again with, uh, with sprigs of spring green foliage at the end. We walked on the sandstone, mudstone platforms that are, are typical of that part of the Horeki Gulf, covered in Neptune's necklace seaweed, and, and visited a rock pool shaped like a green eyeball. Um, and uh, looked up the river channel inland. We uh, we looked for flounder and rays, um, and the the bed of the channel just a complete blanket of peepee -pee shells. So that was um, a, a, a lovely introduction to one of these estuaries. And then we um, we decided to snorkel in up the Puhoi River with the rising tide. So it had kayaks, and we paddled out to the uh, mouth of the or beyond the mouth of the Puhoi River and then let the tide carry us in. Um, uh, wearing a decent thickness wetsuit, I, I should say, Catherine, it's still pretty, the water's still pretty chilly uh, this time of year. Um, not a lot to see, uh, cockle beds, um, just, but just, a, uh, just the pleasure of being in an estuary and, and being carried up the river in relatively clean um, water coming in from the sea. So I thought, uh, by, by the way, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd add in here um, uh, this idea of connection from the mountains to the sea, why estuaries need to be part of the mix. And I was just reflecting on um, Pope Francis's almost favourite little mantra. He says, everything is connected and no one is saved alone. And this is from his latest environmental exhortation, Laudate Deum, which came out just um, less than a fortnight ago. And uh, um, on, on the um, uh, marking the feast of St. Francis, Francis of Assisi, that great exemplar of human kinship with the natural world. Um, or as Rod Oram puts it, a symbiotic relationship with the living earth. And I've run out of time, but I do want to give a nod to the indefatigable Rod, a true off-the-beaten-tracker who has just spent nine weeks cycling much of the Silk Road, riding from Kazakhstan to Istanbul. Goodness, we know he's done that um, north to south of New Zealand. He's done yes. that with you, hasn't he, on cycle? But he's on the Silk Road at the moment. Yep, no, he's finished. But a wonderful nine weeks of exploring fascinating uh, countries, wonderful landscapes in the company of uh, uh, 20, 21 other keen cyclists. So good old, um, good, good on him. He's, good on uh, you. Good on you too. Thanks very thank much. You. Kennedy Ward.